Welcome to Teen Wealth Radio, a show just for teens, their parents, and educators to come together and discuss the issues that are affecting our youth today. Your host is Brandy England. Brandy is joined each week by amazing guests, as well as a regular panel of co-hosts who are here to give you ideas and encouragement every step of the way. We also have plenty of other surprises on today's show. So let's get started. Here's your host, Brandy England. Hello, 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 everyone out in Teen Wealth World. Uh, it is so good to be here, and the world is going through a very difficult time right now, and we need to hear some uplifting stories and share some passionate people, and we have one on the show today. And this young man was actually on our show on one of our first episodes years ago, and uh, we're so delighted to have him come back and join us. And his name is Nathaniel Cole. Uh, if you're a fan of MasterChef in the U.S., he was on season seven. He was the Bowtie Chef. But in the last few years, he's accomplished so much more with his life, and he's expanded his horizons and done some really cool projects. And I'm so excited to welcome uh, Nathaniel to the show today. So, Nathaniel, do you want to say hi to everyone and tell everyone a little bit about uh, who you are? Hi, guys. Um, like Brandy said, my name is Nathaniel Coe. Um, I was on season seven of MasterChef. Since then, I've gone through... Um, a lot of a change in my life. Um, I've moved out to Phoenix, Arizona. I have fully thrown myself into studying theater at Grand Canyon University. And recently I came out of the closet um, as a gay man. Um, and yeah, that's my life. And I am living and loving life in Phoenix, Arizona to the fullest now. That is awesome. And you have so many passions. I know you love acting, directing, cooking, photography, and just sharing your story with the world. And I'm, I'm so glad you decided to come back and join us again. And I'm excited to be here. So, so tell me, uh, give everyone, because most of our listeners are either teens or parents or teachers of teens. So tell everyone a little bit about who you were as a teen so we can kind of get into the, the mindset of our listeners. Um, okay, so as a teen... I was, and I'm just gonna, uh, yeah, I'm just gonna go for it. Um, as a teen, I was, uh, I grew up in a very religious home, um, and there were some things that were absolutely great about growing up in a religious home. One thing that wasn't super great is the fact that, like, being a homosexual was not something that was okay within my church circle and within my home. That being said, growing up was really hard for me because I was going through a lot of inner thoughts about who I am and why I felt the way I did. I am living in a place where, like, I was born and raised, sorry, I was born in Louisiana, but I was raised in Slippery Rock, Pennsylvania. Um, and I was raised on this mindset that you have to be the manliest man. You have to do the sports. You have to go hunting. And um, I just wanted to, like, read books and watch tv and do theater and then through youth group and stuff it became more and more prevalent that like the man the men dated the women and it was all about oh which girl do you like and i didn't like any of the girls i liked one of the boys in the youth group um to protect me i'm not saying who um but <laughs> but yeah so um with that being said yeah, it was a rough time of just trying to figure out what's okay. And I went through a lot of depression um, toward the end of high school. And then when I came back to the States, I would battle between these times where I was like, you know, no, I don't care what the world thinks. I'm just going to uh, 
embrace this lifestyle. And then there'd be other times where I was like, I only have friends from religious circle. My family is all religious. I can't lose them. No. Um, and I'm sure a lot of teens have felt that in one way or another, that like family is an important thing as a teenager. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, a lot of teens right now are going through the whole struggle with like the coronavirus canceling their senior year. And it's like this whole uncertainty thing. And so I understand what teens are going through because I lived that in uncertainty for four years of all four years of my high school was, you know, what if today I just walk downstairs and say, mom, dad, I'm gay. Um, and so, yeah, I know where people feel like when they say I'm in a season of uncertainty, cause I get mm. it. Absolutely. That's yeah. It's uh, I can't imagine what people are going through right now. People that, um, I mean, missing out on graduation and the important, this important milestone in your life is tough. And then if you also are struggling with a big secret or, or mental health, it must be uh, even more weight on their shoulders. So it's just, it's nice that people like you can be so open and honest and inspirational to them because that way they know that they're not alone. Because I think when you're a teenager, you feel alone no matter how many people are around you, right? Did you feel a lot of that even within your youth group that you were just kind of by yourself or did you have mentors that uh, kind of walked you through things, difficult times? So now uh sorry back then rather I didn't really have any mentors because anyone I would talk to about this was like you know pray and you know this is just a season you're struggling with and stuff um it's funny I have a friend um we're just gonna call her Jay for right now because she's not publicly out but I have a friend Jay who um we actually like quote unquote dated for a little bit in youth group during those one of those times where it was like you have to date a girl and I was like well this girl likes me and none of the other girls like me and now we disconnected and stuff over the years and now we've been talking and I realized that we just clicked because we're both LGBT people and we didn't know that mm -hmm. and we just kind of like talking about the same stuff and our souls connected mm -hmm. um so I had a friend that I could confide in back then and she would stick up for me, you know, whenever I was teased and stuff and would always like sit next to me in youth group. Um, but no, I didn't really have any mentors. And then when I came out though, I did gain a few fantastic mentors. And so um, that's changed my life a lot. Mm, that's awesome. Uh, and, and have you in turn, I guess you have become a mentor for many people, especially in sharing your story, right? So that's... Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. So um, when I came out, I came out um, through a crazy chain of events. I came out to my parents in October of 2019. We're in 2020 still, right? Yeah. Yes, we are. It feels <laughs> like it's been forever. Um, <laughs> I came out to my parents in October 2019 and um, almost right away, my life started to crumble a little bit, um, which I love my parents. I, I understand uh, views differ sometimes. And because I was out of the house, I was okay with kind of taking a step on my own. Mm. Um, but, you know, you still want people to be able to look to, to be able to turn to. Um, and I have a great friend, Bennett, um, who is also a gay man. And, you know, he just kind of took me under his wing. And when I had all these questions about, you know, our community and all that stuff, um, mm -hmm. he's kind of been like one of the biggest supports in my life. Yeah. Um, and then um, I have another friend who does a lot of like traveling and stuff, Justin, who literally 
um, well, not literally, because he was in another state, but figuratively held my hand during my coming out process and was like there to cheer me on mm -hmm. and asked me if I was doing okay. And I came out to Bennett and Justin six months before I came out to my parents. I mm -hmm. had talked to them at different times. It, Justin was about eight months. Bennett was about six months. And I just sat down with them separately and talked to them about what I was like going through and trying to figure out the whole thing. And they were both like, you know, in your time and no one pushed me. Like mm -hmm. when I hear a mentor, a lot of th times I think someone who like pushes you to be better and they didn't push. They were just like, you know, you're already better. Mm. You're already a better person. Mm -hmm. When you're ready, the world's mm -hmm. ready for you. Nice. I love that. I think that's great advice for anything in life. <laughs> I think sometimes we push ourselves and give ourselves deadlines and, and, um, they don't always happen when, when we're told they should happen. So I think that's really great advice. Can I ask, um, you said you were asking your mentors about questions about being in the LGBTQ community. Um, what were some of the questions that you, you had, maybe that some of our listeners may have? Um, you know, just like I am a very unique person. I dress a very unique way sometimes, but like Sometimes I just want to have fun and want to wear a shirt that has a random banana on it um, and wear flip-flops or something that was fun. And I talked to Bennett a lot about, like, you know, I'm getting a lot more comfortable wearing flashier clothing or wearing something that would be a little bit more considered feminine. Mm -hmm. um, like, how do I go about doing this in a way that's not just like me taking on the stereotype that like, oh, I'm a gay man. Now I'm going to wear high heels and a dress yeah. or high heels and sparkly pants or something mm -hmm. like that. Um, and Bennett just really encouraged me that, you know, like when you're ready, you'll know. Mm -hmm. And that's when you can be yourself. Um, I recently just got my ears pierced and it was like, I wanted, I had wanted to for forever. And I went back and forth on it, back and forth on it. Um, and then I finally was just like, no, I know I'm ready. And I went yeah. and did it. Um, and like, I would encourage that to a lot of teens who are going through this whole, um, you know, my friends, my family know me as this certain person. If I come out, they're going to destroy that. You're still going to be you. Mm -hmm. Um, you're, you're still going to have your personality, you know, um, like I'm known in my friend group as the guy who tells the absolutely ridiculous jokes. And when I came out of the closet, I told the same absolutely ridiculous <laughs> jokes. I did the same crazy stuff. I ate the same weird food. You're still going to be you just because one thing of your life has changed. And then if you become passionate about the LGBT community and the LGBT lifestyle, that's great. That means you're ready to help someone else find their light and you're ready to become a leader in a community. Mm -hmm. But until you're ready, if you don't want to tell anyone or if you want to tell everyone and still be you and just be the guy who likes guys or the girl who likes girls or the non-binary person who likes guys or girls, you know what? You can do that mm -hmm. um, because that's the beautiful thing about life. You can kind of set your own rules. For sure. And, you know, it's, it's interesting, a couple points that you just made in the last couple shows. Um, we had a transgender producer and a musician and activist come on and talk to one of our non-binary co-hosts that co-hosts often with me. Uh, and it was an amazing conversation. And I just sat back and listened because for me, it's, I'm, look, I'm a straight white female in Canada. Like I've pretty much got the, the 
what people call the standard normal. And that's so I, I hate the idea of uh, that, that there even is a normal because there shouldn't be because everybody's different exactly like everyone else. And we, I asked them about identity because especially what's going on in the world right now, like so many people want to, I'm, I identify as a strong black woman or as a strong gay man, or what do you feel is identity um, something that's really important? Is it something that's overused? Do we put too much on our identity? Like you said, one thing changed about me, but I was still who I was. Do you feel like we put too much on finding our identity or what are your thoughts on that? I'm going to give a really weird answer. Yes and no. Um, you will find your identity when you're ready. Um, and when the world is ready, they will accept your identity. Um, a big thing is, um, a Christian friend when I was coming out, they said, you know, don't let this small part about your identity separate you from your love of God and love for God. And I turned around um, because in the Christian circle, it's really hard to be gay and be a Christian. I turned around and I said, what if the Christian community is not letting me have my love for God because of this small part of my identity? Mm. Um, And so identity is a big thing, whether you like it or not, Mm -hmm. it shouldn't be. Mm -hmm. It should be something where like, you know, you can, you know, I am very much about, and I, we'll talk about that later. I'm very much about like, we need LGBT uh, playwrights. We need LGBT leaders. Um, we need people of color in leadership positions. We need LGBT people in leadership positions. We want our voices heard. We want our stories told. And um, a lot of times people don't want to hear our stories. And a mm-hmm. lot of times people don't want to care about our identities Mm -hmm. um and they only want to use identity as a bad thing and identity is kind of the only thing you have sometimes Mm -hmm. um because like before i met bennett before i met justin before i met my friend savannah before i met um my friend andrea and all these people who have built me up before that if you take andrea away you take savannah you take away bennett you take away justin i'm still me and i still have my identity and i can stand strong in that Mm-hmm. And then when these people around you come and they love you and, you know, Bennett says, no, because of your identity, I will love you even if you're wearing the sparkly shirt. And Justin says, I will love you no matter who you date. And Savannah says, you are powerful regardless of regardless of the man you marry. And Andrea says, I will love you when no one else does. When you have those people build you up, then your identity doesn't matter because your community becomes your identity. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love all of what you just said. That was, that was awesome. And it's, it's a, I think sometimes when you're coming out of high school and you're afraid because your circle's getting smaller, that's really okay sometimes because the smaller, they're just people that are more committed to loving you for who you are and unconditionally, like it's, it goes with for anything, any relationship, right? Unconditional love doesn't mean saying, oh, that sparkly shirt is too much. I can't hang out with you. That's such a, that we're so backwards sometimes on how we, care about each other and, and human condition. So I love that you said that. Do you, you talked about um, like some famous artists that are in the community. Are there any that uh, really inspire you and that uh, you would love to see step into roles to promote talking about who we are and just being okay with who we are? Um, 
absolutely. I know we're coming up on a break in a second. Did you want me to wait until after? No, you got two minutes left. You're all good. Two minutes. Awesome. So I will talk <laughs> about some of the stuff and we'll talk about more of the stuff afterwards. Um, yeah, I because I am an artist um, big within the Phoenix art community mm-hmm. is the thing about promoting um, who we are. And there's like a lot of queer artists and stuff, but then just like in the greater expanse of, you know, the, the world, there's all the stuff about artists and um, people I follow on um, Instagram and stuff like that, that I absolutely love. I really like um, Ryan James Carruthers. He is a gay photographer for um, Time Magazine. Um, mm-hmm. I have mimicked a lot of his photography styles. Um, I love Ebony Ava Harper. She is a trans Jamaican American woman um, mm-hmm. fighting for civil rights in California, doing mm-hmm. incredible work. Um, Dan Stewart, she is a Broadway uh, star who is currently in Jagged Little Pill on Broadway. She is a lesbian. She f- is fighting for civil rights. She is fighting for queer voices to be heard on stage. And it is so beautiful. You know, um, the entire uh, Fab Five from Queer Eye, um, they just inspire me so much. Like, I mean, obviously, Anthony, because I love to cook and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, but like Jonathan Van Ness and just his whole thing about wearing whatever you want to wear and be and finding your own power. Mm-hmm. Um, and Karamo and Bobby and um, Tan and all them just like owning this view of like just love yourself and so I love them for that um I also like a guy his name is Justin Littleton he is a uh he's running a lot of workouts right now online Mm -hmm. um and he is um and he's an he's a gay man and he does a lot of body positivity stuff and when Mm -hmm. I first started doing workouts with this guy um and he's got tons of followers on Instagram and stuff and I had dropped a message in one of the chats and said something about I was like oh my fat butt needed this workout today and he was like talk to me afterwards Uh and he was like don't you don't have to say you're fat you're not your body is just the way it needs to be and he promotes this body positivity and stuff and there's just so many more people that just like oh i could go on and on talking about that um and for anyone listening i will have all of this information that i'm talking about in a post on my instagram by the end of today awesome and just before we go to break what is your instagram that people can follow um you can follow me on my public instagram is nathaniel.co that's n-a-t-h-a-n-a-e-l at uh, sorry dot co perfect and i've got it uh, in the bio as well as some of your other social media links and we'll be right back after this commercial break everyone the internet's number one talk station number one talk station voiceamerica.com Hey you, yeah you, are you tired of people asking you what you want to be when you grow up? Well, we can help. What if we gave you the money to start your own business? All you have to do is join the Teen Wealth Club. Even if you have no idea what you want to do, we can help you have the life of your dreams and play by your own rules. We are real, real people who believe that your life can be whatever you want it to be. 
And we know it works because we have hundreds of other teens just like you who are doing it right now. Check out GlobalTeenWealth.org and start the life of your dreams today. Don't forget to mention Teen Wealth Radio and we'll send you a free gift when you join. Or you can call us at 1-855-866-TEEN. That's 1-855-866-8336. GlobalTeenWealth.org. We're here to get you started on your future. In the spirit of Have Couch, Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on voiceamerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. If you are interested in real estate in America's largest city or anywhere, be sure to listen for Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. Although our focus is on Manhattan and other real estate markets in and around New York City, we'll have plenty of information that will help you successfully buy, sell, and close a transaction no matter where you are in the world. Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco can be heard every Tuesday at 9 a.m. in New York, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Want an insider's pass to everything that goes on in Hollywood? Join Summer Helene every week for Behind the Scenes. Summer Helene is known as the Duchess of Hollywood because she knows the insiders, legends, and celebs and brings the stories, the gossip, and the backstage scoop. It's the real Hollywood, though. So this program is for adults only. Behind the Scenes can be heard live every Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on The Voice of America Variety Channel. You are tuned in to Teen Wealth Radio. To join in the conversation, send an email to Brandy at GlobalTeenWealth.com. That's Brandy with an I at GlobalTeenWealth.com. Now, back to this week's show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. We are here with Nathaniel. Uh, I'm very excited to have you on the show. I just, I adore your energy. I just think you're amazing. <laughs> um, so we were talking about some artists that you really love. Is there anyone else that you uh, feel like you wanted to share their story or promote them? Now? Um, someone who later when I talk about movies, I really love um, someone who I follow a lot um, just because his story is absolutely beautiful. He, his, he's an actor. Um, mm-hmm. His name is Jake Borelli. Uh, mm-hmm. He was on, he came on Grey's Anatomy in season 12. Um, and those of you who made it to season 12, kudos. Cause I did not, um, <laughs> but he came on Grey's Anatomy in season 12 and there was this beautiful story uh where his character came out 
And the day after his character came out, he posted on Instagram and said, guess Levi and I have one more thing in common. And that was when he decided to come out. And mm -hmm. since then, this man has fought for um, LGBT advocacy in TV shows. And um, because they were the first lead gay couple on... Um, on Grey's Anatomy, there was a lesbian couple, but a huge thing that a lot of people didn't like about when the lesbian couple on was on there was a lot of people, like, they would still have a relationship with a man, and it was like, a lot of people were normalizing it mm -hmm. as it being this thing where it was like, oh, they're still doing things with other men and stuff, and this was like the first gay couple, and it was this really beautiful thing, and he advocated for gay people to be seen on tv more um and he's just he's an absolutely incredible human hmm. yeah there's a weird thing that happens in this world where lesbian couples were more easily accepted sometimes than gay male couples and i just it must be so, sometimes and not other times and it's because and i'm I hope I don't get in trouble for saying this. Um, <laughs> it's because a lot of straight white men don't mind the idea of two girls kissing. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to throw it out there and say it. Um, and <laughs> she casually takes a sip of her drink. It's <laughs> not like, wine, uh -huh, it's water. I promise. Uh -huh, sure, sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it, people can normalize that because, you know, um, I have countless, I say countless, I have probably seven pairs of friends, like them and their girlfriends who are lesbians, and they say countless times when they're at bars and stuff, guys will ask them, oh, kiss, oh, kiss. You know, a straight man has never asked me to kiss another straight man so they could watch. It just doesn't happen. It, no. it So, I don't know. Um, it could be me. I don't get it. <laughs> but yeah, so Jake Borelli really advocates for that. You know, we need more couples in general mm -hmm. in a positive light. Mm -hmm. Well, the, do you know Batwoman that's on the CW network? Have you seen that yes. show? Yes. There's, so that's filmed in Vancouver and Ruby Rose just left. Uh, she got killed in the at the end of the first season and they're recasting for for a new uh person to take over the role of Batwoman and they're only casting in the LGBTQ community and I really loved that they were like nope we have a priority here and this is the message that we want to share and because there are so many actors out there and so many don't get the chance to share their voice or their story and I, I was just so proud to be able to be a part of being an agent and, that, <laughs> and that's super important mm -hmm. um you know there have been straight characters in TV and movies and plays and musicals for the past hundred plus years. Since mm -hmm. the dawn of time, straight characters were a thing. Mm -hmm. um, gay characters have become big in the last eight years, last mm -hmm. 10 years. Mm -hmm. um, like you had Will and Grace and you had Queer as Folk and you had the F, uh, the L word, not the F word, the L word <laughs> <laughs> coming out. Um, and stuff, but like lately it's become big on shows that don't usually have that stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's kind of a really beautiful moment. Um, mm -hmm. and so a lot of times it bothers me a little bit when they ask a straight person to play a gay person's 
role, mm. like play the role of a gay person, mm -hmm. um, because we have stories that we want to be told. Mm -hmm. um, and then a straight person's going to come along and make money off of our story. Mm. Um, and we're just sitting in the background. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, that's a straight person who maybe six years ago didn't say boo when we were fighting for mm. equality and all that stuff. Or they said, oh, no, we applaud them. But we yeah. were out there. We were making the change. We were fighting for the change. Um, and so, yeah, that's where I, I stand on that. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, and then it comes into just giving us more chances and mm -hmm. um, not and I'm going to bring in because of the whole Black Lives Matter movement and stuff right now. I'm going to bring this in as well um, for gay people and sorry, anyone in the LGBT community and anyone in the uh, black community. Um, don't just bring us in for the roles that tell those really good specific stories mm. you know um mm. if we were good enough to play in love simon then we're good enough to uh be in just a story that normalizes gay life and is just about two dads wanting to buy a big house or build a beach house or something mm. um if they were good enough in 12 years a slave and they were good enough in color purple mm -hmm. they can be good enough in a rom-com mm -hmm. And more POC and more Black people and more LGBT people need to be, our lives need to be normalized and mm -hmm. we want to be seen. And I yeah. think that's a really big thing is, um, and I'm going to use that to segue into these movies I love. The first movie I love, and it's actually my number one gay movie because it is so incredible. It came out on Freeform um, and you can buy it on iTunes for $1.99. Um, it is called The Thing About Harry, and it is a movie that nowhere in the movie does it have any gay man coming out, and nowhere in the movie does any gay man experience oppression, mm -hmm. and it normalizes gay love. Mm -hmm. It is just about their normal love life, and it is a rom-com, and if you replaced Harry with a girl, it would probably sell mm -hmm. huge, mm -hmm. and it would hit all the theaters and it would be beautiful mm. um and it is still beautiful and <laughs> i'm not saying that it's not but um it's an incredible story and it normalizes that um i just saw a movie three nights ago called fast color mm -hmm. um it's on hulu it is a movie about three generations of black women who are superheroes <laughs> it, it, it it was not seen at all um, it got a limited release in theaters and it didn't get any trailer time or anything. And it is a beautiful movie about three strong black women just being superheroes. There's nothing that separates it apart from anything else. There's no racism. There's no, oh, well, this one was a slave. There's none of that because, yeah. you know, they can have normal lives and they deserve to be seen and heard. Yeah. I think that's great. I'm going to share links. I'm going to search for the links for both of those and, and share them with everyone as well, because I, it is, it's so frustrating. There was always black cinema and white Hollywood. And it was just like the, the range that these movies got out to and the budgets that they were given. It always frustrated me so much. And it was just, I, I can't wait to, to see these two uh, films and share with people. So thank you for sharing that. Yes. Yeah, I hate the normal that Hollywood requires. Yeah. For so and, long, right? and the normal is infuriating. 
Because mm-hmm. nobody like, is. <laughs> and it's like still now um, a really good movie that just came out that kind of steps away from that stereotype again mm-hmm. is um, it's on Netflix. It's called Lovebirds. Um, it's with I don't want to say his name because I'm going to mess it up, but it's with an Indian <laughs> actor and an African-American actress. Um, mm-hmm. And they're just on a date and they end up being witness to this murder happening and they end up like running from the police to solve this murder. And it's this hilarious crime that ends in this beautiful love story. Mm-hmm. But, you know, nev- never in it. Is there any like racism or does she have to fight racism or anything or does he have to fight racism it's just a fun couple on a date yeah getting into some incredible trouble and having a beautiful time Mm -hmm. and that's what we want more of we want Mm -hmm. those normal stories for both communities and you can't neither community um actually no the black community has definitely gone through a lot more worse stuff than the white sorry not the white community the lgbt community has gone through the lgbt community went through a lot we definitely Mm -hmm. suffered but it doesn't hold a candle to anything that the black community suffered but something my friend savannah said that um is actually incredible is we don't have to compare our hardships Mm. the lgbt community acknowledges that we went through a lot of crap and that we are moving forward and we want the world to be a better place. The black community has acknowledged, acknowledged that they went through a lot of crap Mm -hmm. and they want to move forward for a better place. And what's beautiful about all of this happening during pride month Mm -hmm. is the LGBT community is like, yeah, we finally got some justice. We finally got some peace. Let us help you get it. We're going to stand alongside you guys. We're going to hold up signs with you guys because when we wanted it, you guys helped us. Yeah. And that's what the world needs more of. People who say, yeah, we want change. Um, and then when we get change, we want to help those people who want change. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to ask you a question. Do you Have you traveled outside of the North America? Yes. Yeah. yeah. What What was your experience uh, abroad? Because I know that there are certain countries still where being gay is punishable by jail time in in a lot of countries still. And and thankfully, I no. have not left the country since I've been out of the closet. Mm-hmm. Um, I do remember my parents were missionaries in Zambia. I don't know if you remembered that or not, but my parents were missionaries in Zambia, and when I was there, I remember them talking about. Um, some guy up in Lusaka who was actually like pulled out of his house and uh, the fire, sorry, the police department tied him to a pole and lit him on fire because mm-hmm. in that country, it is still illegal to be gay. Um, and that's the same way it is in many, many African countries, many European countries. Um, mm-hmm. I have a friend who is in Hungary right now and the, um, the he's not a dictator but he's like almost about to be a dictator and like he's trying to work toward the things to like get that power and he wants to make homosexuality illegal like gay marriage isn't legal there as it is but mm-hmm. he wants to make it to, to where like if they catch you it will be illegal yeah stuff that's why I, that's why i enjoy traveling so much because it makes me realize um what's still wrong in the world but what's also when people come together um 
with the Black Lives Matter movement around the world, seeing photos around the world of countries standing up and saying this is not okay. And I hope it can be the same uh, for the LGBTQ LGBTQ community um, as well worldwide. But I think we're we're so far from it, and I wish we could all kind of come together and just love everyone and take care of everyone. And um, but it's nice to see that everyone's well, not everyone, but people are are really starting to step up because they're like, oh, I didn't know. You knew. You just didn't. It wasn't in your face, and and it has to be more in our face sometimes for us to make pushes. Unfortunately, um, so. You had sent me something um, about Black Lives Matter, right? You had sent me a, a how to use your voice. Is that yes. anything that you wanted to, to add to our conversation? Um, so I um, am actually, it's like out of the bag and stuff now. I am directing a show in Phoenix that's going to be done through virtual theater and stuff in August. I'm going to be directing a show called Clybourne Park, which deals with um, gentrification and uh, racism and all that stuff. Um, Nathaniel, sorry, can I stop you for one second? A lot of our young viewers might not know what gentrification means. Do you mind if uh, you describe that before we go to commercial break and then we'll come back to talk more about the theater? I only have a minute to describe gentrification. Well, I can do it quick if you want. (laughs) Uh, I'm just a really, okay, so um, why don't you do it really quick? (laughs) So as 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 a city grows, there's part of cities where they're often called skid row, um, uh, where a lot of homeless people and poor people live in, in substandard housing and live off of food stamps and things like that. And as the city grows and expands and more wealthy people move in, it's like we expand into nature and push the animals out of the forest that they li- they've lived in for a long time, not to equate homeless people or that are people struggling financially with animals, but just that's as we grow, people get pushed that have less than others and uh, by people that are quote unquote more powerful and that's gentrification is people have to move from their their uh, low income housing out further and further away from the good resources and things like that because they can't afford to be there and that's gentrification in a very small nutshell. We're just gonna go to our last commercial break and then we'll be right back with Nathaniel Co. <laughs> Thanks everyone. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Hey, you. Yeah, you. Are you tired of people asking you what you want to be when you grow up? Well, we can help. What if we gave you the money to start your own business? All you have to do is join the Teen Wealth Club. Even if you have no idea what you want to do, we can help you have the life of your dreams and play by your own rules. We are real, real people who believe that your life can be whatever you want it to be. And we know it works because we have hundreds of other teens just like you who are doing it right now. Check out GlobalTeenWealth.org and start the life of your dreams today. Don't forget to mention Teen Wealth Radio and we'll send you a free gift when you join. Or you can call us at 1-855-866-TEEN. That's 1-855-866-8336. GlobalTeenWealth.org. We're here to get you started on your future. Are you ready for a broad look at everything to do with the world of sports? If so, tune in to the Mike Abadir Show. It's a unique perspective to the connections between sports and business. 
Host Mike Abadir has negotiated numerous deals in the NFL. Along with co-host Gino Bacola, Mike will bring his expertise, discussion, and some terrific guests to the airwaves. Listen live for the Mike Abadir Show every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. tuned in to Teen Wealth Radio. To join in the conversation, send an email to Brandy at GlobalTeenWealth.com. That's Brandy with an I at GlobalTeenWealth.com. Now, back to this week's show. All right, welcome back. We were just defining a little bit, or I was attempting to define what gentrification is when people get pushed out of their areas and moved further and further out. Um, and you are doing a theater play based on this exact subject. So tell us yes. more about that. Um, so this play is called Clybourne Park, and it starts in 1950s when um, when it is an all-white neighborhood that is about to have a Black person buy this house and move in and the panic that ensues and what happens when they don't want this Black person to move in. And then the second act of the show happens in 2007 after gentrification and stuff has happened and it is in 2007 and it is an all-black neighborhood now with a white couple wanting to move in and tear down the house and rebuild it and um just cause all this change Mm -hmm. and what what goes on there Mm. amazing and how'd you get involved in this project um so um being in Phoenix and all that stuff, um, when coronavirus hit, we all kind of had to take a step back as performers and be like, what can we do? Because, you know, before I got paid to, like, be on a stage and see how many people we could fit on a stage. And <laughs> it was just a normal day if we kissed someone, uh, a complete stranger. Um, and now, you know, you do that and you could die. Um, and so probably not that seriously, but, like, we don't want to spread this and we're trying to minimize it so we're doing a lot of uh virtual theater um and i actually with a friend of mine am in the process of starting a virtual theater company that hopefully one day will be a actual theater company um and uh yeah it's sorry i just totally blanked that one day we'll hopefully be an actual theater company and we're doing edgy theater that promotes people of color and promotes homosexuality and all that stuff and um and just getting that stuff out there in beautiful ways and getting stories to be told but through that i'm working with another theater company right now signifying nothing theater also based out of phoenix Mm -hmm. and they're doing virtual shows and we got the rights to do clybourne park and i read this show four years ago because i read plays and i'll talk about that in a little bit when i talk about like literature to educate yourself um but i read plays and i read this play and i fell in love with it and then i drove three and a half hours to see a production of this show Mm. and i've done character studies on it and all this stuff and so when the opportunity came up for me to direct 
I just was like absolutely ecstatic to um, tell this amazing story. But also, I don't want to take away from the fact that when you asked me this question, you asked me how we can like use our voice and stuff. And, you know, mm-hmm. as um, as white people, I'm predominantly talking to uh, white people. And um, when I say this, um, but then all races when we're talking about the LGBT community for both of those. How do you use who you are? Um, educate yourself, read books, watch movies, um, follow LGBT people and follow um, the black artists, follow black activists, um, follow black people who are wanting change and advocating for it. Um, social media is a great thing. Don't get into battles with people. Um the delete comment button is my new best friend. Um, but social media is a great thing to just show that, like, you know what? You might not agree with me, but take a stand. Um, and you're putting a, out a sign that um, is letting people know that if they're hurting, you're someone it's safe to come to. Mm. Like, and that comes from me when I came out. Mm-hmm. Um, I did my post and stuff and I went and I looked at everyone who had heart reacted to my post Mm -hmm. and I was like if I'm ever hurting I know that's someone that I can turn to Mm -hmm. um so social media is a huge thing educating yourself is a huge thing if you are safe if you are wearing proper protection go out and protest safely um Mm -hmm. if you are under the age of 18 don't do so without your parents' permission. Mm. Just going to throw that out there. Um, I don't want to be responsible. <laughs> um, um, yeah. Like, yeah. Educate yourself. Queer art is beautiful. Black art is beautiful. Just delve into that as much as possible. Yeah. Um, and and so you're doing this theater play online. How was how is that going to uh, work? Tell tell us about how you're adapting theater to to be on a on a computer because that's I don't know that's a really cool thing. I'm trying to I'm trying to picture that. Is everybody jumping on a Zoom call and and acting out their parts or? Yes, yes. Um, people are. Um, sorry, one second. No, you're fine. Yeah. So basically, how it works is. Um, people do. Uh, we get on a big Zoom call, kind of like how you and I are doing this right now. We get on this big Zoom call and we um, we rehearse ahead of time and we talk about our stuff and we will have someone who reads the stage directions for a production mm-hmm. and we will um, we'll just do it. And you'd be impressed with the amount of emotion someone can get out in a Zoom call. Mm. And the amount of chemistry. Mm-hmm. Um, and let me just say the amount of like acting I've seen behind a screen. Mm-hmm. And I've seen people who when they did their first read through or their first rehearsal with me to where they are now. Mm-hmm. When these people get on a stage one day, they're going to blow the world away. Yeah. Because we're sitting here and we're bored at night and we can't go out. We can't talk to friends. And there's only so much Netflix you can watch before you <laughs> like punch a hole in a wall. <laughs> Um, again, I'm not advocating for like uh, <laughs> property <laughs> destruction, but um, but yeah, and so people are jumping on and they're saying, I want to be involved with this, and here's what I want to do, and I want to help out um, with 
a Zoom performance and we just decide which one we're going to do. I've done like 20 of them, just ones where we're like, we're not production producing these as much as we're like, you know, th- no, this is a story that needs to be told. And we're going to talk about this. And we sit down and we talk about the show and we perform the show. Um, a group of friends and I got together and we read uh, the Laramie Project at the beginning of Pride Month. Mm-hmm. Um, and then afterwards, the five gay men who were in the group just talked about our lives. Mm-hmm. And I think we did like a six hour Zoom call. And mm-hmm. it was just incredible to sit there and just open up our hearts. And mm-hmm. yeah, there's still ways to participate and there's still ways to be an artist and there are still ways to connect and grow mm-hmm. in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. You know, we only have, gosh, like six or seven minutes left before the end of the show. I'm just so glad that you came back because it's been so long. I mean, last time you came on, we talked a lot about Master Chef. So is cooking still a big part of your life? And uh... I wouldn't say a big part. I mean, I still need to eat. Um, (laughs) And I love food. Mm -hmm. And I am all about trying new food. And there will be times where I just, I mean, I still cook to de-stress. It'll be like 11 o'clock at night and I'll go to the store and I'm like, I'm going to make a pie. Um, I've done that on way too many occasions. Um, (laughs) um, But yeah, I'll just be like, um, sorry, I blanked again. <laughs> uh, but uh, just trying new things in a little bit. I'm going to make dinner tonight and just throw around and play around in the kitchen a little bit. Um, but I'm not doing it in a professional level. And for me, MasterChef, you know, when I went in, I was like, well, maybe one day I could do this professionally. And the more I thought about it, I was like, no, for me, it's just about a way to connect with people. Mm-hmm. And it's about a way to just, you know, go hang out with friends and make some amazing food and have some incredible conversations and just bond. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I really feel, I love cooking for groups of people because it's, it's, there's something about when you eat together as a group, it's just, it's nourishing for your stomach and your soul. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, I have to tell you something. I uh, was very inspired by your, your first, uh, your debut on MasterChef and that's how I I heard about you at first just because you were so authentic and lovely and it must have come at a time when you were going through um some yeah in your life and and how did you I think a lot of people when they're in a point of struggle or stress in their life maybe they don't reach out for some incredible opportunities like that like you were chosen out of I mean there were a lot of people all across your country that applied to be on there how did you how did you take that leap take the leap of what like to apply to go on a TV show while you're also struggling with family and dealing with changes in your life right you know I think I was looking for distractions a lot Mm -hmm. um and I was just constantly looking for something to just kind of keep me busy I was always looking to keep me busy and that's kind of how I found theater and then theater ended up being one of the things that helped me make this giant step out of my life Mm -hmm. um but I saw MasterChef and I was like, I could do this. This could be a chance. This could be this chance. And for the longest time, I always wanted to make my family proud. I always wanted to make the people around me proud and prove I was something. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize that I was something from the day I was born. And I didn't need to go on a national television show mm-hmm. to do that. I just needed to be Nathaniel. Mm-hmm. Um, all that to say that like when I finally decided to go to MasterChef and stuff, um, it was an amazing thing. 
um, I had been silent for a while about, you know, like certain things that happened on the show because of like my family and stuff. But like um, DeAndre on the show, who is the game man on the show, um, he was absolutely incredible. And he answered some questions I had about just like when I was first starting to feel stuff out about like, you know, how did your family react when you were gay? And he Mm -hmm. was just one of the most beautiful accepting people I had ever seen. And I was like, if the rest of the community is like this, I want part of this. Mm -hmm. Um, Even when, and the way the community has been so accepting, even when I haven't been in my fear. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, it's amazing how a person grows and changes. Absolutely. And if there are young people that are listening to this show that are going through any period of change or questioning, um, do you have any advice for, for the good ways to take that first step? Um, if you're going through any period of change and growth, uh, I'm going to say a few things. I'm going to say, um, don't be afraid. Growth is a good thing. Change mm-hmm. is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, caterpillars go through this crazy time where they're bound up and then they pop out a butterfly. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if the caterpillar knows entirely what's happening, but if I was just randomly wrapped up in toilet paper and then just like <laughs> popped out one day, um, I would be scared. I would be terrified. Mm-hmm. And the thing about change and about like, you know, think about yourself as a cake. Again, cakes don't have feelings, but like you're one thing and then you go in to this immense amount of heat mm-hmm. and flame and you come out this beautiful other thing um, yeah. and you're entirely transformed. Um, and so, yeah, don't be afraid of change. The best things are created through change. Mm-hmm. Also journal, journal mm-hmm. everything, write down your thoughts, um, follow the people I said to follow, follow that that stuff and the stuff we didn't get to talk about i will post on my page as well um but follow those people and Mm -hmm. you'd be surprised the people that'll reach back to you if you message them and sometimes it's really easy to talk to a stranger Mm um he's actually a friend of mine now that i messaged when i was coming out andrew keenan bolger he's been he was on hbo's looking um he was on broadway in newsies and um Tuck Everlasting, um, and I just messaged him one day and talked about it and said that his relationship with his husband um, was really encouraging to me, and he actually, like, followed me through my coming out process and talked Mm -hmm. to me and asked me if I needed any help, and he's just a really incredible person, so I would definitely say um, just reach out to people. You never know how they can answer, and I'm going to throw this out there as well. Feel free to message me you know, um, I don't have all the answers, um, but I promise I'll help. And if I don't have it, I'll point you to someone who does. Um, my DMs are always open. Nice. Um, if, if you need help, like not if you're some creepy old guy named Earl <laughs> in Manitoba who wants pictures of my feet. Hey I don't man, do why'd you have to go to Manitoba? That's in my country. I don't, I don't know. Manitoba just was the first thing that popped up. <laughs> but um, but yeah, my DMs are always open if you need help and you need someone to talk to. 
And I will post all of my uh, resources I said to go look into. I will post all those on my thing by the end of tonight. Nice. Thank you so much. And everybody, more information to follow Nathaniel is in the bio. Thank you. And we'll see you again, same time, same place next week. Thanks for being part of Teen Wealth Radio. Please join your host, Brandy England, her guests, and panel of experts again next Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an awesome week, and we'll see you here for the next show. Oh,